Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Boston. Off day today for the Edmonton Oilers. Back on the ice tomorrow. CBA mandated off day. We will tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Just before we get to our conversation with Louis DeBrusque, I'm going to bang off some uh, text here at 6.30, 6.30. From Dirty Mike and the Boys, uh, texting us out of St. John's, Newfoundland. No puck-moving defenseman. It was a problem last year. It still is. As a unit, they act like the puck is a hot potato. Hopefully, Bear and Bouchard pan out in a few years so the Oilers can attack like top teams in the league. On a good note, the Pacific looks weaker than advertised so far. Again, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. This text from Andrew Cito uh, out of Nelson, B.C. Bob, what a joke. Excuses are for losers. Guess what? New Jersey had the same excuse. They slaughtered Edmonton. Deja vu all over again. Very disappointing. How much leash does uh, Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan have? Last year, the uh, team didn't get over to 500 after winning their first game of the year. They're below 500 in December. Uh, is it time to uh, make a change? That one comes to us from Andresito. Desmond from Sturgeon County says, Bob, everybody's blaming Talbot. I'll admit he had one really bad misplay, but you can't win when you're hemmed up in your end the whole game. And, Bob, if you could, a shout-out to the farmers in Alberta struggling with the warm uh, with the weather. That one comes to us from Desmond. Well, yes, indeed. Uh, hang in there if you're on the farming front. I know I communicated with a couple folks I've gotten over the years about that very uh, issue. Again, you can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us Oilers Now at 630Jed.com. Let's get to a uh, conversation with uh, Louis DeBrusque. In full disclosure, uh, we, uh, we did this uh, earlier today just to capitalize on Louis' availability here in Boston. 
Well, Louie, it's uh, great seeing you here in Boston. Um, thank you for joining us on Oilers Now, and thank you for moving up your slot a couple days so Mark Spector can travel, because we do know at the end of the day, even though the show's called Oilers Now, it's all about spec. But seriously, <laughs> just getting spec. Uh, uh, before we get to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you had an opportunity to see Jake play uh, yesterday against Ottawa. Uh, Boston's had a pretty interesting start to the season. That's their third game. And talk about a wide range of emotions through the first uh, three games. Yeah, not the greatest start when you look at it for the Bruins, but you have to kind of understand it a little bit. The Washington Capitals came out in their home opener, their season opener, after winning the Stanley Cup for the first time in franchise history, and and, and laid a pretty good licking on them. You know, seven, seven. Uh, seven. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was uh, it was one of those ones that, <clears throat> you know, to be honest, for the for the Bruins, they got to turn around and play the next night in, in Buffalo. So it was just right away they were back on the horse, get back at it, and they were able to beat them four nothing, and then one last night versus Ottawa. So they turned around the season pretty quickly. But uh, I I think sometimes when you have a loss like that, especially that severe of a loss early, it can be a, a real big wake-up call for you that this is for real, this is the regular season, and, and things are going to be a little different here. It's full squads, it's everybody that's made the team, and they're ready to get rolling, and um, for, from my personal standpoint, nice to see them adjust and get a couple wins under their belt. Alright, so the Edmonton Oilers, not the start of the season they were looking yeah. for. Unique set of circumstances, I mean, the game's played over in Sweden, uh, the Oilers really cruised to the preseason 6-1, and one. well, they cruised to their preseason last year 6-2 and two, too. Let's not forget the fact that last year they opened with a 3 nothing shutout victory against Calgary yep. and as I recall people were like oh we're going to win the Stanley Cup in Edmonton this year and that did not come to fruition but th- there is no way to sugarcoat what happened against New Jersey. The Oilers were outplayed and they were the second best team in virtually every area. No question, not the start they wanted. It was one of those games, again, similar to the Bruins, I guess, in that regard, that uh, you know they're going to want to forget. But at the same time, they can't forget the things that they're going to have to improve on and what they need to move forward in the season. But it is one game, and I know uh, we've talked a lot about this in the last couple of days. Um, there's been some wacky games out there. You know, you look around the league, and it's been you know volatile as far as the scores, the, the teams that are winning, teams you expect to win that aren't winning, teams that maybe you don't expect to win that are playing well out, out of the, the start of the gates and you know what um, that's just that's just the NHL season starting up so I think for Edmonton they've been lucky enough to have some days off here coming back from Sweden um, to readjust uh, to North America to the to the time zones over here and just say you know what get back up they're going to play a real good team Boston on Thursday night be ready for them and uh, they came in here and won last year you know this is this is a building and a team that they've had some success against um, it won't be easy though you know what they've played three games they're going to be ready they're kind of into the flow now, whereas Edmonton's playing only their second game, and they're, you know, coming off a travel from Sweden, so good practice tomorrow will be important. I think it'll be important to really try and get things set in stone tomorrow and just and just come out and put your best foot forward. But that's why you play 82 games. You know, you play 82 games for a reason. It's, it's it, One game is one game and I mean, I don't really start getting too too concerned until a few weeks into the season, you know? Like, let's, let's, let's let this first month go and see how it looks. Alright, you say that, Louie, but for Oilers fans who've seen the team miss the playoffs 11 of the last 12 years and not seen significant movement with the, the player acquisition front in the offseason yeah. They're sitting here going, well, no, just uh, wait a second here, Louis DeBras. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it is, you know, th- that's how they would respond. Like, I'm kind of of your belief. I want to see how, you know, like, they got to, the owners have a tough schedule in October. Absolutely. They have a tough schedule Very in October. Tough. But I kind of want to see how the group goes. But 
most there there were some themes that were reoccurring from last year. Cam Talbot giving up the first yep. goal. Now, great shot by Kyle Palmieri. Darnell Nurse and and, and uh, Leon Drysettle did not support that play the way they needed to. But maybe just shed some light on what that happens to a team when. You know, I don't know how many times, 12, 14 times last season, the Oilers gave up a goal in the first shot. What goes through guys on the bench when that happens, even if it's a new year? It sucks. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, from past experience myself, when you get scored on early, um, it's just, it's a bitter taste in your mouth right away. It, it totally changes the complexion of the game. But I think happening this early again to Edmonton, and having it happen so often um, last year, this is this is another wake-up call for them. They have to be more ready to start a game. They have they have to get to the game and be ready to go when the puck drops. And that's what they should be concentrating on. They should be concentrating on the fact that they have to get into the game and give themselves a better chance to have a successful game by having a good start. We talk about it all the time. Starts are really important. Yes, I know there's been a lot of comebacks here early in the season where teams haven't got off to the greatest start. They've battled back. They've scored goals and they've won. Yeah, you can still do that. doesn't mean the game's over. It's the first shift or second shift you get scored on. You've got a ton of time to make that goal up. But it just seems to really inflate the team that scored because they've yeah. come out. And look what Boston did the other day. They scored in the very first shift against Ottawa. Yeah. Now, Ottawa was a team that was you know running and gunning and getting opportunities, and they did push back in that game. And you know it could, they had their grade-A chances in that game. But they were, they were playing from behind the eight ball right away. You know, you're playing from behind. It's just a totally different dimension. The team that's got the lead is confident. They're feeling it. They're rolling. And then the next thing you know, you get another one and another one. Um, for Edmonton, I'd like to see them. I have always said that. You have to come out and have a solid start. You've got to come out and give yourself an opportunity to win. So it doesn't matter what you need to do. I think there's going to be a lot of video here in the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, there'll be video tomorrow. Again, this is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call to say, listen, some of these things from last year have seeped into this year already. Let's clean them up. So you already have a template of how what you don't want to do and what you do want to do. And you know, sometimes that can be a good thing early on, just a little reminder that, hey, these are things we need to work on. This isn't something that just has gone away because it's a new year. These are things that we have to actually mentally think about and go out there and execute. We're joined by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis Dabrowski. He's working a large percentage of the Oilers broadcast this week, as well as doing the second half of the Hockey Night in Canada doubleheaders. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, Trent Yanni brought in to work on the defense, and Trent's reputation, he's the defense whisperer. And one of the things that has to happen for Edmonton this year, based on the goals against last year, is the Oilers have to defend better. Uh, and it was a tough first, uh, you know, Clefbaum and Larson had some tough moments. Obviously, there's been much discussed about Darnell Nurse and Matt Benning. Um, just just, a, just a thought on, and defensemen are, are different animals than maybe wingers, different animals than centers, uh, but it is a position that requires a lot of work. A lot of work, and a lot of chemistry, too, and I think that's something that uh, we overlook, and especially, you know, we used to always have a, a running joke in the room, you know, that we are separated, the forwards and the defense, because they're just totally different planets that everybody's on. Um, and then the goaltender's on Mars, because, I mean, they're, they're, they're in, a, in a world all on their own that nobody can really relate to except for the backup goaltender, the goaltender tenders in the system. Um, defense is one of those positions that obviously every mistake you make is glaring. You know, if you make a mistake, it's either a grade A chance or it's in the back of your net. Like, it's just it's just the reality of the position. Yeah. So along with that comes a lot more responsibility, and along with that comes a lot more scrutiny because you're, unfortunately, if I make a mistake as a winger in the corner 200 feet away from my net, it doesn't even get talked about. I lose a battle in that corner, and all I do is get 
back aggressively, get ahead of somebody, chase somebody down, and I've got four bodies between that puck and the net still. Um, a defenseman in the corner makes a mistake and the guy walks out and can potentially can score a goal. So it's a huge difference, right? And I think that's, you know, to me, um, one thing Trent Yoni and I worked with him in Norfolk in the American Hockey League a little bit and I play underneath him. And the one thing that he, he was great at is just making it simpler for the defenseman to understand what they need to do. And sometimes you think more is better. A lot of times in a defensive case, less is more. You know, if we're not talking about you a lot in a game, that means you're having a solid game. Just play your position, have a good stick, and sticks are really important. One of the things I've noticed this year with the teams that I've seen, their sticks are incredibly good. You can never, ever stop working on stick positioning and where your stick's supposed to be. I know that sounds simple, and you think it should be routine for players, but a lot of times you'll forget, and you'll put your sticks in the wrong position. Really good offensive players will exploit that. They'll exploit where your stick is. Um, and, and that's just something, a little thing that you can tweak on, you can work on every day, you can think about, that just makes it more difficult for the opposition to have good plays and good passes through you, or to be able to skate around you, essentially, in that case. But, you know, for me, um, it's positioning. It's positioning and being calm out there when the storm hits. And the great defense, if you watch them, they make it look easy because they don't really panic. They just stay in the right position. Position is everything. So I think that's something that Trent Young is going to be able to help these young defensemen with. Um, he was a real solid defenseman in his own right. I played against him a lot. And you know what? It's just going to take time to make sure that you're in those right positions and you feel comfortable in those positions. Because so sometimes, I'll take Darnell Nurse for an example. I like Darnell Nurse a lot, but I think sometimes he wants to go and do more. He wants yeah. to go and hit somebody. He wants to go and like stop the play right now in the corner. And sometimes, you know what? Let the play come to you a little bit. The good teams seem to have that cushion. And I think that's what the Oilers are trying to work on right now is being comfort in that uncom- being comfortable in that uncomfortable position um, and a lot of times it's not really easy to do but it takes time they'll get it we're joined by NHL hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrus Bob Stoffer with you in the now Louis who is the best defenseman you played with over your career? Geez, good question. You know, I played with a couple great guys, and one guy that, uh, you know, played a thousand games, you didn't think too much of him when, when you saw him because he wasn't a big stature guy for a guy that played 25 to 30 minutes a night, but was Teppo Newmanen. Teppo Newmanen was one of those guys, and we, you speak of positioning, he was such a fluent skater and just a smart guy that he was always, because he couldn't he couldn't physically battle the guys of that era. Right. You know, the guys of that era were big and strong. They were. I'm sorry. They just, you know what, they might not have been as fast, but they were, you know, you get into a corner with a guy like Eric Lindros, you're going to know you're in a corner in a big way because he's going to he throw was you around. Fast. Yeah. And he was fast for a big guy too. But what I'm saying is, you know, he just was so good with his stick and he was so good positionally. He's a very good skater, so he was he was in the right position 98% of the time. When I look back over the, you know, Nicholas Lindstrom to me is the staple of how you're supposed to play defense. He was just, you know, in my era, you know, yeah. I just, I looked at him and I said, you know, when you watched him, when I played against him, when I looked at him as, you know, from a broadcaster's perspective, when I watched him play the game, I said, you know, why is he so good? Like, what makes him so special? Um, he wasn't super flashy. You know, it wasn't like you would see Nicholas Lissom toe drag four guys and walk in and score a goal. He was just in the perfect position, was a fluent skater, had great skills. But he just, he, he simplified, even for as great of a player as he was, he simplified his game. Very rarely did you see him get beat because he just wouldn't allow it. He would just be in the right position. Um, you know, you look over over. over the course of time, those defensive defensemen that have an offensive upside, 
they're gems because they, they play a solid sound game and they can produce offensively. I mean, it's just, you can't, it's not easy. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that this is something that you can just all of a sudden develop into. Nicholas Lindstrom was a superstar. But what I'm saying is you can take some of those habits and understand that even the greatest defenseman of his era, in my opinion, um, didn't go outside of his comfort zone in the sense that he wasn't he wasn't you know trying to do more than he could do. He just did what he could do, uh, and that's what I, I think everybody in the Oilers has to do right now is just play your position, play your um, play up to your capabilities, and you know you'll be fine. It's one game, but. As soon as you start running around, as we all know what happens, um, good teams are going to pick you apart and they're going to make you pay. Well, New Jersey made the playoffs last year. They have a quick team. I actually don't think on paper they're as good a team as they were. But what they do have is they have the same continuity with their team because they really only lost three players. And they didn't add anybody. But, you know, they lost uh, John Moore, who's now playing for Boston on defense. And they lost Gibbons, who went to Anaheim. And then they lost Jesper Bratt. But they're a quick, fast team. And the one thing I noticed in that game... It was like the Oilers' defense were meat on the stick, and the New Jersey forwards were hunting. So uh, it was interesting. Now, and now the one thing I will say is Evan Bouchard got rattled early a couple times with some big hits, but as the game went on, his intelligence was clearly evident. And that, that's a real good point you bring up, Bob, because I think, you know, you can think your way through situations. And there's no question he's going to have to learn to move at this level at a pace that's going to be comfortable for him, but that'll come naturally. It's just survival mode. Um, but for his first game in the National Hockey League, you know, where you're playing a team that's very active, very quick, and physical on the forecheck, um, it's going to rattle you a bit. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Drew Doughty in his first game. You know what? You're going to feel that. It's going to be a difference from preseason. So he, he adjusted well, and I think, you know, again, um, as he gets more comfortable at this level, at, you know, processing the game a little bit quicker, which I think he's totally capable of doing, then the feet are going to move a little better, too, because you're you're – you're just trying to do so much in your first game and just trying to survive. Um, playing a real fast team like that's going to kick it into reality in a hurry. But I think for all the defensemen, they had a tr- had trouble with that speed, and that's something that, uh, you know what, getting back a little bit quicker, having support from the forwards a little quicker. We talked just about the defense, but, you know what, when you win a battle on that, on that corner, it goes up to the half wall, it needs to be won by the winger too. We talked a lot about that last year. Yeah. A, dif- a good defensive team is not just about defense. It's about the forwards being in the right position, about the forwards winning the little battles as well, and the forwards not panicking. You know, the forwards, when they get the pucks, not throwing a puck away and giving it back to the opposition. Sometimes not even making a play. Sometimes just putting it back into an area that you can defensively battle for the puck again. I know it's, you know, that's part of it as well. So... Listen, it's one game. I, I, we, we can sit down and break that game down for forever, but you know what? It's over. It's done with, and you're moving on to a, another team that's pretty darn good in the Bruins that have already won two games this year. So that's that should be the objective and, and what they're trying to work forward to. But um, they need to correct those things, and again, they're going to be pushed by the Bruins in a lot of those those areas because they're going to have watched that game too, and they're going to try and exploit some of those well, weaknesses. I, I would, if, if I was coaching against Edmonton, I'd just sell it on the forecheck. That's how I would. That's, that's uh, every team, though. Isn't that every team nowadays? I don't care how good your defense. Yeah, Name the best defensive core in the National Hockey League. I don't care who it is. If I'm coaching against them, you better forecheck them. You better make it really difficult on them to make that first outlet pass because that's what every defenseman wants to do is he wants to get a puck and he wants to make sure he's making a good outlet pass or skating a puck out of the zone himself. So limit that. Limit that if you want to have success. All right, one final one for you, Louie. You you saw Elias uh, Pedersen Pedersen a couple games already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty special player. He is, you know what, and it's... 
it's funny. We always there's a lot of hype of young players when they come into the league, and sometimes I think unwarranted. You know, you put that pressure on young players early in their career, but they're high picks for a reason. Uh, there's a lot of hype on them for a reason. He came in and he really he produced. I'll tell you what, he was outstanding. He could have had 10 points in the two games easy. Um, was the best player for the Canucks on the ice uh, in the second game, and uh, you know for the under nine minutes that he played in the first game, I think he was probably their best forward too offensively. Uh, but there was seven power plays for the Flames, so he didn't get on the ice very much that game. Played over 16 minutes, I think, in game two. And you know what? Um, I said he kind of re- reminds me a little bit his mannerisms of Pavel Datsuk. Just a slippery guy, good good hand eye, a good one time shot. We saw a couple times. Excellent passer. Um, it's a couple games. Again, it's only a couple games for the youngster, but what a first impression he made for, for his teammates and for his organization and for the fans there in Vancouver that, you know what, he's the real deal, but um, the league will take note. You know, the league has the league usually has a way of kind of balancing itself on these things, but uh, there's no question he's a, he's, he's a great talent and a good young talent on a team that desperately needs talent, and um, he's going he's gonna to get a real good opportunity under Travis Green to play in a lot of really crucial situations and, and, and become a real solid pro, so a good start for him, which is nice to see for any young player. Louie, as always, thank you for your time. It's great seeing you here in Boston. You too, bud. 1253 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in Boston. This is Oilers Now. You can text us at 630-630. We'll get to some more text in a second, but we'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 1256 in Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Boston. You can book now with New West Travel. And speaking of New West Travel, what a group we had. Uh, 67 Oilers now, New West roadies total that went to Germany and Sweden. We had multiple events set up. People were fantastic. Uh, they made the most of the trip despite a poor performance from the Oilers in the Saturday game in Sweden. It was great seeing everybody. And guess what, Oilers fans? You can join Oilers now on two more great road trips coming up. We're going to go to Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play uh, two of the most exciting arenas in the National Hockey League. These Oilers now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, and a welcome reception with myself and special guests. Parking at the Value Park at the Everton International Airport. Limited space to get on these road trips to see the Oilers play in Nashville and Vegas. For the Oilers now road trips, call the travel experts at 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, we're not taking calls, but we are reading texts, and you can text us at 630-630. This text comes in and says, Bob, so what's your excuse going to be when the mighty Oilers are out of contention by Halloween? Well, it better not be out of contention by Halloween. But let's just see what happens here before we're throwing the team under the bus. Okay? Because last year, after the first game... It looked like uh, the Edmonton Oilers were going to live up to the expectations of being a a potential Western Conference champion, and that never came to fruition. And Marcus texted the show to say, Bob, I think Matt Benning should be sent down. He's awful, and he's been awful on the Oilers. Mark, I disagree with you. I think Matt Benning has uh, played decently at minimum as a third-pairing right-shot defenseman. He's been a plus player in his first two years in Edmonton. He had a poor game, as did Darnell Nurse in uh, Sweden. No question about it. They got to play better. 
but I don't think he's been awful as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Hacks with Hags, Joe Haggerty from NBC out of Boston. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.